Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good evening. This is Al Whitney with In Defense of Humanity. I co-host In Defense of Humanity on the RBN Network on Saturday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. We also have this talk shoe call so that people can ask questions and we can interact and share even more information. Tonight I wanted to talk about the industrial medical complex. And it truly has become a weapon of mass destruction. People who are unfamiliar with me, who haven't listened to the show and haven't followed my websites, and I have three websites. One is the anticorruptionsociety.com. Another is Parents Against Mandatory Vaccines. And the third is People for Safe Technology. Um, I spent a lot of time on my websites exposing medical issues because my background has led me into that field for pretty much all of my life. Now, I know there's an awful lot of people on the Internet exposing different aspects of the medical industry, and they all have a perspective based on their own experiences, which is why it's worthwhile to listen to many different points of view. But before I go on and talk about the information that I have to share tonight, I feel the listeners might want to have some inkling of what my background is and and what is the source of my point of view. I started my career in medicine as a young woman, and my first job was a cashier in a hospital. From there, I took a position as a hospital billing clerk, so I became familiar with that process as well. Then I decided to go into respiratory therapy, and this was in the Chicago area, so I became a student in in RT, respiratory therapy, and my training took place at two major medical centers in the Chicago area, well-known, considered quite reputable still today. After I got done with my training, I was employed at the University of Chicago teaching hospitals for a period of time. And I have to tell you, I have since become aware that the University of Chicago teaching hospital was actually established by Rockefeller. At the time, I did not know that. And in the Chicago area, that institution does have quite a reputation um, most people think of it with high respect. After that, I, I was employed as a respiratory therapy supervisor. We changed positions and we changed locations. My husband and I moved. And from then, I, I took a job teaching medical students aspects of basic and advanced life support. Later, I became an instructor in respiratory therapy at a community college. During all this time, I married a physician, 
and he and I were partners throughout this this sojourn into medicine of mine, and he remained in medicine. However, after a number of years, I retired and left the field. Later in life, he was working for a major university and became a, a victim of age discrimination, and we were both involved in a major lawsuit against this university. We discovered in that process, however, that the the deck was stacked against us, and we realized how powerful the university was within our community as well as within our state. <clears throat> and actually, the influence of that university went all the way up to the Supreme Court. So throughout all of these experiences, um, I became disillusioned, but I learned a lot. Um, and I think that's why I'm on this call tonight. All those years of experiences, you, you do pick things up and you learn things whether you want to or not. And I, and I realize as we're facing some pretty harsh realities about what medicine has become, that perhaps all, that all of that information that I gathered over all those many years might be useful now to help people better understand what the medical industrial complex has become. In addition to working in the field, <clears throat> I was my husband's secretary for a number of years and filled out a lot of his paperwork, and I learned an awful lot about the behind the scenes in insurance information, Medicare qualifications, um, credentialing procedures, etc. So <clears throat> most people, even the doctors, are not completely unaware of what goes on behind the scenes in medicine with the with the secretarial and with the billing clerks. I also, unfortunately, subjected my own personal self to the medical complex on multiple occasions. Um, and to be honest with you, most of them did not go well. There were several times when it was questionable whether or not their mishaps or misdeeds could have actually cost me my life. Um, the diagnoses that I received were not always accurate. As years gone by, I, I realized how inaccurate they were. So for the most part, I became disenchanted with the whole field of medicine, feeling that it, it was not doing what it was I perceived most of us perceive it should be doing, which is giving us uh, health care. And, and helping to make us healthy and well. I don't believe that's what it is, and I think it's been moving away from that for any number of years. Um, if, if you haven't read this wonderful article, New World Order Plans Exposed-1969, <clears throat> New World Order Plans Exposed-1969, um, then you're not completely aware that this was planned, this was orchestrated from behind the scenes by the money monsters, the people who can control money and where money goes and what gets funded and what doesn't. And in 1969, exactly what we're looking at now was planned, exposed, and over all those years it has been implemented, which is why today myself and many others consider it to be uh, a weapon of mass destruction. 
So I'm going to cite some specifics. I wanted to give people information on the call to let them know that there are insiders who have been looking at this this monster that medicine has become. And while they don't get on the mainstream media, they are doing their best in any way they can to get the word out. They are disenchanted. They know it's become dangerous. And um, they're doing their best to get the word out and find a way to fix it, which is very difficult since those in charge of it are the same people who are in charge of our access to money. But let me give you some examples. And I will post this on the Anti-Corruption Society website, and I'll put links up for people who want to double-check and read it for themselves. These articles and this information caught my attention as being particularly credible and noteworthy. And in my opinion, we can use this information to the best of our ability to expose what the system has become, to warn others, sad to say, we're going to have to warn others that it is really today in its current state of affairs, it is a profit-making industry, and your wellness or your recovery really may not be beneficial to the industry that looks upon you as we call it a, a target. Sometimes we joke about that. When you walk through the door, they see how much money you have before they decide what tests to order. Um, sadly, I think that's closer to the truth than than we would like to believe. But let me cite the ones that caught my attention and people can decide for themselves because I know there's a lot of information out there. Lots of good people are trying to expose this and warn others. The first article I'd like to mention, it's on the website Anti-Corruption Society and the title is Harvard Scientists Warn About Epidemic of Side Effects Due to Corruption. I'm going to read just a small part of this article. A recent study about institutional corruption of pharmaceuticals and the myth of safe and effective drugs warns that over the past 35 years, patients have suffered from a largely hidden epidemic of side effects from drugs that usually have few offsetting benefits. The study published in the Journal of Law, Medicine, and Ethics, conducted by Light, Lechen, and Darrow, warns that the pharmaceutical industry has corrupted the practice of medicine through its influence over what drugs are developed, how they are tested, and how medical knowledge is created. The researchers warn that since 1906, Commercial influence has compromised congressional legislation to protect the public from unsafe drugs, adding that the authorization of user fees in 1992 has turned drug companies into the FDA's prime clients, deepening the regulatory and cultural capture of the agency. Part of the regulatory and cultural cultural capture of the FDA has enabled the industry to successfully demand shorter average review times. Less times to thoroughly review the evidence, warn the researcher, has led to increased hospitalization 
and death. This is an excellent article. Um, this is an excellent study. It's available on our website. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, it came out in the fall of 2013. If you haven't heard about this article in this study, the name of the study was Institutional Corruption of Pharmaceuticals and the Myth of Safe and Effective Drugs. If you've never heard of it, it is just more indication um, that we've got a big problem, that the truth is not getting out, that although, although researchers are looking closely at the problem, they can't seem to get past the gatekeepers, so the public is pretty much still unaware. The second article I wanted to post and draw everybody's attention to is called Lies, Damn Lies, and Medical Science. And this came out in the Atlantic. It was published, um, I believe, in four, October 4th, 2010. Again, if you've not heard of it, another indication of the severity of the problem. I want to read you a little bit from what this gentleman discovered in his research. Much of what medical researchers conclude in their studies is misleading, exaggerated, or flat out wrong. So why are doctors, to a striking extent, still drawing upon misinformation in their everyday practice? Dr. John Ioannidis has spent his career challenging his peers by exposing their bad science. Indeed, given the breadth of the potential problems raised at this medical meeting, can any medical research study be trusted? That question has been central to Ioannidis' career. He's what is known as a meta-researcher, and he's become one of the world's foremost experts on the credibility of medical research. He and his teams have shown again and again, and in many different ways, that much of what biomedical researchers conclude in published studies conclusions that doctors keep in mind when they prescribe antibiotics or blood pressure medication or when they advise us to consume more fiber or less meat or when they recommend surgery for back pain or heart disease is misleading, exaggerated, and often flat out wrong. He charges that as much as 90% of the published medical information that doctors rely on is wrong. Now, that's mind-blowing. When I read that, absolutely mind-blowing. I mean, 90%. So you go into a physician's office, let's translate that, and you have symptoms, and you're assuming the physician is noting your symptoms, and then you make the assumption he is ordering the appropriate tests to get uh, get to a definitive diagnosis. Again, he is assuming that what he has been taught is accurate, and now we are finding out that may or may not be true. So he orders tests, and then he interprets the test based on his knowledge as what is accurate and indicative of disease and what is not which may or may not be true, and then he orders your treatment, surgery, or whatever else he believes would would help make you better, 
help make you well. And we're back to, again, what he's ordering may or may not be appropriate and may not be based on real science. Now, if that doesn't scare you, 90% of what he is relying on may not be true. That scares me enough that I will do everything I can to stay away from them. You cannot blame the doctor in this situation when he is being given bad information and that is from when he's functioning. That is not the fault of the physician. That is the fault of the system. The number three item I wanted to mention is something that most people have not become aware of yet. Uh, I accidentally stumbled into it. And it is a website called alltrials.org. Actually, I'm looking at it. It looks like it's called alltrials.net. And let me read just a little bit to show you what this one's about. The founder of the website puts this on his homepage. Two years ago, I started discussing the problem of withheld trial data with sense about science. Back then, the situation seemed hopeless, and I was angry. Many institutions were in denial, and many past efforts to fix the problem had ground to a halt. In January 2013, Sense About Science formally took this issue on as a core campaign, and with others, we started the All Trials campaign. Since then, progress has been phenomenal. World Health Organization, the European Commission, and the U.S., U.K., and Canadian government have finally been persuaded to take further action. Hundreds of organizations have agreed to help, including the great and good of the medical establishment. Eighty patient groups signed up in one day. We've seen lots of new promises, and many of them are credible and formal. The future of clinical trials reporting hopefully is going to be different. But that's not enough. Doctors don't only use medicines invented after 2014. We use treatments that came on the market 5, 10, 20 years ago and more. All this information is vital, but much of it is still being withheld. Getting access to these trials on the medicines we actually use every day is much more important than changing reporting standards for new drugs and could have a huge impact on medicine. This means we need action. We know the companies and organizations which hold this information. At the moment, there are huge differences between them. Some still defend secrecy or claim that sharing is impossible, while others have exposed the claim by taking significant steps towards greater transparency. Many are merely staying silent. We think they're hoping that all trials momentum will fizzle out. When I investigated this, I looked closer, and um, this organization was started because they felt that up to 50% of the trials that are funded and that patients agree to participate in, the results are never made public. They're not made public to anyone. They're not made public to... um, the medical societies, they're not made public to the physicians, they're, they're merely performed, and 
then the, the, the silent mask goes over the whole project. Now, what does that mean? That means that there could be, there could be helpful, helpful therapies that they're being prevented from knowing about that were studied in a trial. There could be harmful therapies that are still ongoing and the trial information was withheld. We don't know. But to think that close to 50% of all these trials, the results are being withheld, makes you question, is that done to benefit patients, the withholding of this information? I very much doubt it. I think it's done to conceal information that could be detrimental to big pharma or others. So another group of physicians, and I believe that was founded by a group of physicians, are trying to form an organization to take on this mighty challenge of fixing the nightmare that that modern medicine has become. We're also going to put another uh, video clip that I accidentally ran across that was mind-blowing, actually mind-blowing. And I downloaded it to my computer, and since then, it is essential. It's essentially uh, disappeared. I mean, today I went to look for the original, and I could not find it. So I had to take the clip that I had downloaded and uploaded it to Vimeo so I could share it. And I think that this clip was intentionally removed. Uh, if someone is listening to the call can find a link to the original presentation, that would be great. They can send it to me. My email address is say no to flu shots, and it's the number two, say no to flu shots at gmail.com. I'd be happy to post that. I spent about an hour trying to find it, and I could not. But I will be posting the clip that I uploaded of that presentation. And the name of the presentation, hang on, folks, this isn't going to make you happy, but this seems to be what, what is going on. The name of the presentation is How to Get Doctors to Kill Patients Via Treatment Guidelines. And the researcher did an excellent job. He has a chart there that he put up, and it, as you listen to the presentation, you realize that he himself uh, suffered an illness and, and only survived it because he found a doctor who was willing to go outside of the treatment guidelines and do what was necessary um, to make him better, to make him well. And he, he expresses gratitude to that doctor. He puts a chart up there that is pretty much shows and he explains how the medical industrial complex works today. And this has evolved over many years, as we have said how doctors are controlled by their guidelines and who is responsible for these guidelines. And people have to understand that the doctor is obligated to stay within the guidelines or he could lose his license. He could be sanctioned by the medical board. Um, the insurance company might not defend him in a lawsuit. So whether the guidelines are good or bad, his career depends on his willingness to stay within these guidelines. It has not gotten better. It has gotten worse. They have put in guidelines like statin drugs, and there are cardiologists who have come forward to try to get the word out about the dangers of statin drugs. That's just an example of many. 
whereas these dangerous drugs or dangerous treatments can end up actually in the guidelines. Now we have hospital guidelines on vaccines. Um, it's it's over the top, people. They cannot be trusted. But this this gentleman, this doctor, made a, a fabulous chart. At the bottom of his chart, uh, on that link that I'm going to post, he quotes the the former editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, Marsha Angel, and this is what she said. These are the people who write textbooks and medical journal papers, issue practice guidelines, treatment recommendations, sit on FDA and other governmental advisory panels, head professional societies, and speak at the innumerable meetings and dinners that take place every year to teach clinicians about prescription drugs. The chart indicates that the pharmaceutical industry and the insurance companies collude together and their power and influence over all government agencies. And we we started with a study proving that these government agencies are not trustworthy. These industry giants absolutely control the NIH, the FDA, and the CDC, the state medical boards. His chart goes down to say how they control the intellectual medical cartel and how the Ivy League professors who are in charge of the medical schools are influenced by them and selected and, and, and approved by them and how the medical societies are also influenced by them greatly. He also talks about the medical cartel information, the medical information that comes through medical journals and the news media. And the same perpetrators of these crimes literally have control over all areas of medicine, including continuing education. Physicians are required, for those who don't know, to, to receive so many hours of continuing medical education every year, every two years, every three years. It depends on the cycle of that state medical board requirement. Now, to, to have a course approved for the number of hours of credit the physician needs, it has to be approved by the state medical board. So by controlling the state medical board, you literally can control what medical education the doctors receive. And that's how this system has been building and building and building so that the profiteers, big pharma, um, and all, all the insurance companies now have control over the medical field. The doctor is getting bad information, and with that bad information, he's obligated to stick to guidelines or his license can be threatened. He may not be able to make a living. He could be sued and they would not support him or stand behind him. So he really is in the middle um, with the pressures above being horrific as far as what he does in his um, ordering of, of tests uh, and his prescriptions and his therapies that he decides for, for the patient. 
So it is not between you and the physician anymore, no matter how nice he is or she is. He and she are being controlled by much more powerful, much more powerful forces, which pretty much makes them dangerous, sorry to say. You put together the the pressure coming down from the medical industry on the physician, add to that the fact that um, 90% of what he's been told is as good treatment is faulty, and I would hope people would understand that this is, they're not safe, they're not safe for us. It isn't only vaccines that they're prescribing that are dangerous. It is chemotherapy, it is medications, it is unnecessary surgeries. Um, the list is huge. The list is truly huge. And it's very difficult, especially with my own experiences, to think of going to a physician with any confidence that I will I will get better and and my my health won't be put at risk in the process. There is a good chance that I could go to a physician and get worse. So what can you conclude? Can we rely? What can we, so what can we rely on regarding the medical profession? their diagnosis and treatment of disease? And the answer is, I would hope I made my case, the answer is nada, nothing. That information is what they give, and what you're going to get from them is bad care. They have no alternative. Just in case you still aren't convinced that we've got corporate forces that have taken over the entire field of medicine, They've gone even further than that. Now the corporate entities and interests have corrupted pretty much all of science. There's a wonderful book that I'd like to recommend, and there's a couple interviews that were done with this fabulous whistleblower, EPA, CDC whistleblower, Dr. David Lewis. He wrote a book called Science for Sale. And I'm going to read you just a little bit about an article that was published on uh, the Liberty Beacon about Dr. David Lewis. This was written by Roger Landry. What follows is easily the most important discussion I have ever had for the Liberty Beacon special program. If this recorded discussion does not scare the hell out of you, make you insanely angry with good reason, and fully awaken you to what many of us had long suspected you need to check yourself for a pulse. Dr. David Lewis is an internationally recognized research microbiologist whose work in public health and environmental issues as a senior-level research microbiologist in EPA's Office of Research and Development and member of the graduate faculty of the University of Georgia has been reported in numerous news articles and documentaries from Time Magazine and Reader's Digest to National Geographic. He is the only EPA science to publish first author articles in Nature, Lancet, and Nature Medicine. Dr. David Lewis worked with the EPA and CDC for 30 years plus. He explains in his book in shocking detail why Americans have fallen from one of the healthiest to the sickest society on this planet in a few short generations. Our health and that of our children literally sold out from under us for the proverbial 30 pieces of silver. 
Um, the book is so compelling. I have a copy. Uh, I'm still reading it. But if you think about what he's talking about, he's talking about essentially all science. Almost all science now is bought and paid for. And the results of their research pretty much mirrors, as Dr. Oneidas proved, pretty much mirrors whatever the funder of the program or the project wanted them to produce. So what you have is science for sale. You cannot go into these institutions, any of them at this point, and feel safe. You cannot trust any of them. You really have to do your own research. And it's now time, if you're not awake, wake up. Start looking at alternative healthcare remedies. Start looking at other ways of dealing with illness. Start looking at what you're eating. Um, start trying to avoid the toxins in our in our environment because you're not going to go into a doctor's office and and get what it is you're looking for. I noticed years ago in my own experience when I would go into a physician's office and they hand you a questionnaire. I don't know how many of you have been there recently, but there's generally a questionnaire in the waiting room. They want you to fill out this, like, medical history. And in the medical history, they want to know two things, and that's because of their training. One thing, they want to know what diseases are in your family so they can blame whatever's wrong uh, on your genes. Or number two, what bad habits do you have so they can blame what's wrong with you on your bad habits. The third item on the list would be, are you eating GMO food? Are you drinking fluoridated water? Are you drinking Diet Pop with aspartame? Those questions are not going to be asked. Any question of toxicity, of toxic food, they're not even going to ask you if you recently sprayed Roundup on your front yard and went out and breathed it. They are absolutely steered away from all chemical sources of illness, which is outrageous since we are drowning in in a chemical pea soup. But that's what you're going to get. So they're not going to consider your exposure to toxic chemicals They're not taught toxicology. They are taught two sources of illness and disease. One, you inherited it. Two, you got bad habits. And that's it. Um, So the biggest elephant in the room is what toxins or poisons you're, you're being exposed to is never brought up. Now, back to vaccines. Right now, we have a program going on in California and across the country There is a huge, huge escalation in the vaccine program. If you go onto the CDC website and you you search out the adult immunization plan, you will see that not only do they want to increase and fully vaccinate all children, they want to fully vaccinate all adults as well, including to catch them up on whatever childhood vaccines they didn't receive. What vaccines end up on this list? Guess what? They're all recommendations of the CDC, okay? Bad research, profiteering science, and the drug companies that make these vaccines have been given complete immunity from any harm or damage they might cause. They're also given immunity if the vaccine doesn't work. You can't sue them. So 
So the real exemption in the room is the fact that Big Pharma is exempt from all liability regarding their vaccine products. Now it makes sense when you look at the number of increase in vaccine recommendation over the past 20 years. Well, of course you would. It's all profit and no risk. Their new products that they come out with are vaccines. All profit, no risk. That's what we're, we're, we're up against. The ongoing pushback from many nonprofits who are watching this horrible advancement of um, the vaccine agenda, as we call it, is to hang their hat on the concept of choice. And I've talked about this before, but it's still ongoing and I'd still like to draw people's attention to it. That is a ruse. That is a ruse. When I explain to um, the listeners what you're looking at as far as the drug cartel and the medical profession, to say that, that what really we have to be focusing on is our choice to say yes or no to a vaccine, that it is an outrageous ruse. I mean, they're asking us to fight for the right to choose to be poisoned or not, only sadly, the way it's be being presented to the public, it's not being presented with the truth that the choice is poison or no poison. It's being presented as, as if the vaccines work for some people, but other people should have a right to say no. That leaves the, the, the medical mafia off the hook. That leaves the public still in the dark that these drug companies are now in control of the whole medical profession. And um, for them to get sued is no big problem. None of them ever go to jail. They make so much money, it's not a problem for them to pay a fine. And that's where we're at right now. No one is controlling them. The government doesn't control them. The courts don't control them. They are free to create drugs that cause death. They're not worried about going to jail. The problem isn't getting better, it's getting worse. And yet we have a huge movement in this country of vaccine-aware organizations that are doing their best to keep the medical industrial complex and the government agencies out of the picture and out of the public's awareness and keep it on choice. You have the choice to vaccinate or not. That's almost criminal. In fact, I think it is criminal. That makes me very much believe that these organizations have been infiltrated, that this is limited hangout, that they are being prohibited from telling the public the truth, and yet they're still collecting money to support their own organizations. Yes, they know vaccines are dangerous, but no, when you look at their handouts, um, they rarely expose the government, the CDC, the the FDA, they never expose the fact that Big Pharma is the one that is exempt. It is exempt from all liability. So we put together, and I mentioned it before, I'll mention it again, in hopes that we can get a little traction on this. Um, I don't have a nonprofit organization. I don't ask for money or donations. I'm doing this because it needs to be done. And when I looked around the room, it appeared no one else was doing it. I mean, you know how that goes. You can complain about nobody doing something, and if you can't find someone else to do it, then you have to do it yourself, and that's kind of what I ended up with. 
when I set up um, Parents Against Mandatory Vaccines. I'm not afraid to tell the truth. My co-host, Ingrid Castle, is not afraid to tell the truth. We see this medical pharmaceutical industry as as devastating the public's health. Um, People are killed and sickened every day. And we can't be afraid to expose it. We we simply cannot be afraid to expose it. We cannot leave this this nightmare to our children, and and they're going after our children with these drugs. Um, more and more, you see them giving children drugs that are off label and are completely inappropriate. And gosh knows these vaccines, um, they're they're not tested. They've got toxins in them, and yet. They're vaccinating our children more often and more often, and they're adding more vaccines to the list. This is horrific. It's time to get over the choice position and move into exposing the elephant in the room. So we put together something that you can find on the Anti-Corruption Society website. If you just go in the search box and type in 10 little-known facts, it'll take you right to the page. This is also on our website, Parents Against Mandatory Vaccines. What we've done is we've created a one-page handout that can be given to, to your friends and your neighbors or faxed to given to your doctor. Give it to your doctor because these are facts that they are not being told. People don't understand. There's a huge, Big Pharma has a huge gatekeeper system keeping the information away from doctors, and I know that because my husband has come back from these continuing medical education meetings, and when he tried to speak up in a room full of doctors, he was quickly silenced. So they're not getting this information. They don't know what is on this sheet. So the 10 little-known facts that we put out there that we believe are not getting past the gatekeepers, and if we want to see a change, they must get past the gatekeepers, Number one, vaccine science is unsettled. The doctors are told that it's settled. It is not unsettled. Again, going back to Dr. Ioannidis, 90% of the medical treatments they're using are false. So vaccines are on that list. Number two, the Harvard study concludes safe and effective drugs are a myth. We cite that study that I mentioned earlier on this call on our little 10 little known facts page. Number three, all participating in vaccination program are exempted from liability. That includes the CDC employees, the drug companies, the public health personnel, your doctor, the nurse, school nurse. They put everyone in that. No one can be sued for the harm and injury the vaccine can cause, and that's outrageous. Again, all profit, no risk. Number four, patients and parents are never given full disclosure, and that is a fact. We get reports back all the time that they're handed a little package, a little information sheet. This is all the information you need to know about vaccines. They are rarely given the package inserts that the drug company makes. Now, I've been told by some people if you ask for it, they will give it to you. Um, But if you don't ask for it, they're just going to give you the little information sheet, which is literally a sales pitch. 
Um, number five, vac CDC vaccination recommendations are not science-based. We can go back and, and get that validated at doc in Dr. David Lewis's book, Science for Sale. There are many other studies out there that prove that this science is not there behind these vaccines. They are neither safe nor effective, which is why they have no liability. They know that. They needed that liability removed because Big Pharma knows the vaccines are neither safe nor effective. Number six, the CDC is a private for-profit corporation doing business. Everybody has a hard time with that. I have a hard time understanding why. You can find that on, on Dun and Bradstreet. It's listed. In fact, if you ask them, and I have, are you a corporation, they will tell you yes. And immediately they will follow this. We have to be a corporation so we can do business. They do not deny that they are a corporation. What they deny is that that's a problem. Of course, we all know if they're a for-profit corporation that profit comes above everything and anything, any other consideration. So it's a huge problem, even though they don't want to admit it. Number seven, state public health institutions are also incorporated. They are for-profit corporations, as is the American Academy of Pediatrics. They have to worry about their bottom line to stay in business, and their bottom line is the most important, important consideration to them. Then you go down, and people don't know this. You go down to number nine. Physicians get more money for each fully vaccinated child. Doctor never tells patient that one. Never. And we had one nurse who reported that if a doctor sees a child that is fully vaccinated and stays that way, every time that child comes in for a visit, he gets a bonus of 50 extra dollars. Now, if you think about 20 patients in one day, and he insists on vaccinating all 20, 20 by 50 in one day, if that's not an incentive to to convince parents to have their children vaccinated, or I believe that's probably going to go on to adults as well, to make that doctor absolutely dedicated to get you to take that vaccine. I don't know what is. That's a huge bonus. And he's not telling the patient that he gets more money if he convinces you to take that vaccine. And number 10, profits not science motivate vaccine mandates. This is such an important article. It was written by a pharmacist in 2000-2001 who did her best, and I'm trying to get it out to all the people who want to lobby their legislators. I've tried to encourage them to read this. She explains everything she did when she was trying to prevent the addition of a new vaccine in the state of Ohio that was the chickenpox vaccine. She was trying to stop the legislators from mandating that for school entry, and um, she went through heck trying to do that. She had to fight the lobbyists. She discovered that the lobbyists were taking the legislators out to lunch. She also discovered that Big Pharma had actually found it. An individual um, supported her campaign for office as a state legislator, paid for her campaign, she got elected by their efforts. Her job was to put the legislation in, to write the bill, 
feet to it that the bill got passed. When the bill was passed, she never ran again. Her, they absolutely had the money to locate her, get her elected, get the bill passed, and then she quit because that was her only job. People are very naive if they think that the legislation that goes through these these um, state capitals, that there's not money behind this. Uh, you can lobby as much as you want to prevent this, but you have to question if you're going to collect money to support your lobbying effort. I have to wonder, would you be better to collect the money and just bribe the politicians directly? Maybe you'd have a better chance of succeeding. So that's such an important article. People really need to read that. If, you're, if you have any fantasies or dreams that you're going to lobby the legislators, please understand that, that many of the states are already getting grants to get this legislation passed. So the money is already moving around throughout the system. The best I believe we can hope for is to help educate people about the medical industrial complex. Vaccines are one arm of it. None of it is safe anymore. It is a for-profit machine. And if you get sick or die, that's not a problem. They make money off of your illness. And for all I know, I mean, they're ready to invest in mortuaries. I have no idea. But the kind of individuals behind this would actually think of doing that. So um, we're open if anyone wants to add anything I see that they're in the chat room. I'm going to look and see if there's any questions. It looks like um, we've got people who are interested in the information, but they're, they don't have any questions that they can think of right now, which is fine. I wanted to get this information out. I will post it on the website, anticorruptionsociety.com. The title will be um, the Medical Industrial Complex, A Weapon of Mass Destruction. I'll give links for these articles. It is my sincere hope that people take this seriously, share this information, stop thinking that going to the doctor in, in the climate that this country is in today, stop thinking that doctor will make you better. It's not likely. Uh, start taking care of your health and look for alternative solutions. I, I received multiple wrong diagnoses in my life when, when 30 years ago where I w was told I was at high risk of cancer. turns out that that's not true. Uh, Ten years ago, I was told I had an old injury and I would probably have to face a, a fusion surgery. turned out that wasn't true. Um, another one claimed I was at high risk of breast cancer from my family background. Turned out that wasn't true. So all of that information that they gave me warning me that my health would fail turned out to be untrue. Please don't take these guys too seriously. Um, they're given bad information and you go in, that's what they give you. Sadly, many times they, they provide treatment that makes a problem, creates a problem that wasn't there. Sadly, many times they scare people. Um, and unfortunately, too many people still have faith in them. And as I did for most of my adult life, I had faith. I went back to that well many, many times. And I um, I had to learn the hard way, and it's possible that 
a lot of people are going to have to learn the hard way, which is unfortunate. But at least some of us who learned the hard way survived and and have information we'd like to share. I'm 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 glad for this opportunity. I hope my sharing this information and research we can help other people stay away from this cartel and and help us expose it. The problem is the system the system is dirty at its core. The system is untrustworthy. The entire government system is bought by corporates and special interests. It, they do not work for you. These agencies never did work for you. They never worked for me. They place their people at the top of the agency to promote whatever agenda they want to promote, which is why you still see toxic waste dumps that aren't cleaned up. Okay? You look at the EPA and you wonder, at what point are they going to do something, and yet now they're running around telling you to worry about your CO2 emissions when we still have toxic chemicals. They still use atrazine in agriculture. Um, they approved Roundup, which is incredibly toxic. Sludge that comes out and they use, they sell it to put on your soil, a thousand times more toxic than than when it was removed from the source in the first place, according to Dr. David Lewis. So they're not trustworthy. Don't trust them and help people break that illusion that any of these agencies work for us. They don't. They do not work for us. They do not look out for us. We have to look out for each other, and that's the bottom line. Hopefully those listening to this call will sign on board to help many of us who are trying to do exactly that look out for each other. Well, I don't see any questions on the board, which is fine. Thank you so much for listening and um we're we're not going to quit the fight. We can't. We got all these children. Look around every time you walk out the door. All these little children are out there, people. We have no right to quit the fight. We shouldn't even think about it. I know we get discouraged, but we can't even think about it. And um, please uh, tune into our show. You might enjoy it. It's on Saturday nights. Ingrid Castle and I have that program called Two Hour Show in Defense of Humanity. You can call in. We try to make it interesting. It's on RBN at 8 Eastern Time each Saturday night. Thank you so much, and uh, let's keep the spirit up. We 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 got to win this fight for all these little children as well as our own future. Thank you so much, and good night. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.